a little bit here and there. Okay. So we got it. She's recording it. Uh-huh. But I did uh I was very interested in in your first of all, your TEDx talk, and second of all, in your uh in your interview on you know your online interview with uh Justin. So I've I've read up on you and I've really Think that you have got a great grasp on what's going on. Uh, we'll we'll start out. Uh, I'm Dr. George Flynn, and I've got a special guest today, Ray Marcano. He is an expert in this area and an expert in so many political areas, and got some great ideas. And I really appreciate you being here with us, Ray, and uh, telling about your story, how you came up with the idea of the 24-hour news cycle and how it is helping divide America, because we're all seeing the divide. We're all seeing the Republicans, Democrats, both want to throw, throw mud balls at each other. And the problem is, where is this all coming from? Is this concerted effort, or do you think it's just two, two things, the political divide and the 24-hour the news cycle happen to converge and just make this divide really um, severe. So yeah. how did you find out about it? How did you figure it out? Well, you know, I was preparing for this TEDx talk a couple of years ago, and I had been thinking for a while about, you know, the problems and why we have all of a sudden become uh, so divided. Uh, and I know a number of people blame politics and they blame politicians, and I think that's a part of it. But I think when you dig deeper, you've got to take a look at the bifurcation of media and how all of a sudden media has gone from a place where you would go and get facts and analysis to now a place in many cases uh, in which uh, these content providers, as I call them, mm -hmm. are uh, simply um, playing to the desires of a specific audience. So if there's a specific audience, whether it's left or right, and they're going to gear their coverage to that, regardless of whether or not the facts support it. And what what I've noticed, and you brought it to mind, and I've started noticing the newscast, are they really presenting news? Or are they pre presenting their opinion of the news? Yeah, it's actually now a combination of news, uh, opinion, and entertainment, uh, all three uh, in one. And I think one of the biggest problems is, and you can take any cable TV channel you want, whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC, excuse me, or any of them. It's very difficult for viewers and an audience to differentiate between news, opinion, and entertainment. And here's an easy way to look at it and break this down. Somebody might start with a news story like, I don't know, take any news story. Let's do, well, the one that's on everybody's mind right now, uh, uh, the raid at, at Mara. I shouldn't say the raid, excuse me, the search at Mara Lago. Uh, and so they'll go up and they'll tell you the, um, uh, the news that's happening right now. And then they'll bring on this panel of experts in which they debate what this may or may not mean. And then after that, they might have somebody tell you what they think it so where's the news? Where's the opinion? Where's the entertainment? It's just very, very difficult for people 
to differentiate what's what. Well, some people, you're exactly right. Some people will tune in to the panel just to watch the panelists argue, right. watch them fight. There's your entertainment value of it. That's exactly right. That's so exactly. when we're doing this, um, how did this shift happen? I mean, we all remember the Walter Cronkites of, of the world, the Dan Rathers, the people like that. Where did all of this come about? Is it just to get advertisers? Well, money is a big part of it. I mean, it started really in essence right around 2006 or 2007 uh, when people discovered that you really, there was no really, there's no barrier of entry to be a content provider. And let me explain what I mean between content provider and news provider. I consider news providers people that still try to try to deliver the news in the most unbiased way they possibly can. Content providers can provide anything they want based on a specific audience. So they're not really looking to be fair and balanced. What they're looking to do is tell a specific audience, whether it's liberal or conservative, the news that's been skewed from that point of view. So now there's no barriers of entry to do that, right? If you were a newspaper, you needed a printing press and a delivery system and reporters and all of that. Now you just need a website and a web page or a Facebook page. Right. And you can put out whatever information you want based on what you think people are going to want to hear, not based on what the facts are. Well, do you think, you know, a lot of people get their news from social media like Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and, you know, and these are... What what do you think is happening there? Is that just compounding the problem? Yes, because there's very little news on social media channels. Twitter, for example, might give you a breaking news headline on something that's going on. But what happens is when that news goes out on social media, that it's already followed, it's immediately followed by comments from people who have a specific perspective on what that issue is. And so what happens? People aren't really reading the news or the news headline. They're reading the comments to try to find people whose opinions they agree with. So getting back to the Trump search, uh, if you agree that it was warranted, you're gonna wanna find people who believe in that. But if you feel that it was a government overreach, you're gonna wanna find people who believe in that. And generally then what you do is, those are the only opinions you read. Right, you, you have that bias, that opinion bias. So do you, um, do you see, you know, we've got the Democrats, we've got the Republicans and the Republicans seem to be splitting between the pro-Trump and the, and the sort of, I'll take Trump if I have to kind of people. Uh, what do you see is, is the answer? Could, is the third party an answer? That's what I think. I've been an advocate for a strong third party for a while. We do have third parties now. Uh, you know, they're generally very small. Uh, there's a Green Party, there's a Libertarian Party. Uh, they're small, they don't have a lot of resources and they find it difficult to compete. But I do think that a strong third party uh, will help bridge the divide between Democrats and Republicans because now everything has become so partisan and everybody just spends all their time yelling and screaming at each other. Uh, there's very little opportunity to build consensus. And if you have a third party, a strong third party, that can get some people in the House and the Senate, 
then that would break that logjam because you're not going to have just these two parties controlling the balance of power anywhere, well, especially in Washington. Well, we've got, I'm trying to, been trying to come up with an idea of how to effectuate that before it's going to take a while to, to get a third party with enough enough uh, following to to do anything. What if we took the R's and the D's off the ballot and just had people vote for the person rather than voting for the party? That might take some kind of a constitutional amendment. I don't know what it would take, but just removing it and just have people vote for the person rather than, because a party, you, you may vote along party lines and just because you believe in one thing the party stands for, doesn't mean you believe in everything a party stands for. Yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of things along those lines you could consider, including ranked choice voting, for example, or nonpartisan primaries. Uh, none of those ideas are ideas that are likely to pass because it's not in the interest of either one of the two main parties. Uh, the only thing that's of interest to Republicans and Democrats is staying in power. Right. They will pull every lever that they possibly can to stay in power. So any of those ideas, I think with them, they'd be non-starters. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely with them. It'd be a non-starter on both sides. But you're right. They're interested in keeping their job and keeping their perks and doing as little as they can because anything they do is going to upset somebody they in their in their heads. The uh, what do you think about partisan primaries? I mean, they're just aren't they just self-selecting the extreme right and the extreme left, and that's all we're left to vote for? Well, the partisan primaries, uh, you know, at least let's say you have a primary that's uh, all Democrat, uh, only Democratic candidates. You know, you can at least choose between someone that's far left and further moderate, um, more traditional Democrat. The issue really is, in the partisan primaries, who comes out to vote? And they tend to be the ones, they tend to be voters who are far more passionate about specific issues. Exactly. Uh, so uh, it's no surprise that, uh, excuse me, it's no surprise that Candidates who have been supported by Donald Trump have done extremely well over this past primary season because they're oh, yeah. motivated to go out and vote. And, that, and that's what happens. Then you get a general election and then everything spirals, right? Then you get a general election. You may have a Trump-backed Trump candidate on the right with a more liberal candidate on the left. And then everybody just goes to their corner. Republicans vote Republicans, Democrats vote Democrats. It becomes... And what happens to the moderates? The moderates are left with nobody to, to vote for. Now, speaking to that, uh, there's this uh, process of gerrymandering. Oh, yeah. And doesn't that help the parties in power in the different states stay in power? Absolutely. Uh, when you can go ahead and draw the boundaries of specific districts, then yes, you can go ahead and control how many Republicans or Democrats are in any particular district. You can go ahead and you can draw them so that uh, races become non-competitive and all you have to do is have an R or a D before your name in order to win. Uh, I personally think uh, gerrymandering should be taken out of the hands of politicians and placed in independent 
uh, independent redistricting commissions across the country, much like they have in California, Arizona, and Colorado? Well, actually, in gerrymandering, the, the part of it that I've been so impressed with is it's actually the politicians picking the voters rather than yes. the voters picking the politicians. That is so correct. It, it is a, or the, what is it called, cracking? And there's another, another term for it where they move the voters, you know, disperse them, or they can concentrate them into one district where they can control the rest of the rest of the state, at least. Yeah, that, that is correct. That's what they do. They compress them into areas that result in guaranteed wins. Right. Uh, okay, we're, we're people. How should we consume the news so that we're not so biased? Do you have any suggestions of, for, for regular people like us to consume the news? Yeah, I would. Well, the first thing is um, I would... Pay attention to traditional news sources. Now, there's a reason that traditional news sources like the New York Times, the Washington Post, while traditional media is now at its lowest trust level ever. And that's because all of the content providers and politicians and people in uh, entertainment that follow content providers from whichever perspective have spent so much time hammering on the media over the last 20 years. Uh, and all you have to do, you know what it's like, right? All you have to do is say it, and all of a sudden it becomes fact. So I would encourage people to take a look at the Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, which a lot of people consider to be a conservative publication. It's an excellent publication. These are the publications that are more likely to examine news and report the issue without bias. And that's the big thing. Are, your, are the news sources you're looking at reporting information without bias and without being slanted? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you bring up a great point that, uh, you know, I just thinking of it. So when social media is out there, so much is coming at us so fast, you don't have time to fact check. So you're exactly right. You say it, and it's fact. Well, not only that, people don't want to fact check. If they see a statement on social media on a channel in which they're comfortable with, they are more likely to believe that it is fact. So if you believe or if you want to believe that the search on Trump's residence in Florida was an act of government overreach. Where are you going to go on social media? Right. Only to the channels that's, uh, that say it's an act of government overreach. And then you're only going to go to the content sources that believe it was an act of government overreach. And then what happens? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And to you, it becomes fact. And if you click on those things, there's so much going on. You, the content that you like will be fed to you. That's right. Uh, in, your, in your in your channel, whatever it is, it'll be fed to you. It will be selected and fed to you so that the whole thing just uh, develops uh, inertia. Yes, that is correct. And, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Uh, it, it, is, it all of a sudden becomes your facts. And the other thing is, if you read that content, you'll notice that a lot of what they write is supposition. What about this? What if this happened? We think this might happen. They don't stick to the facts. 
and they don't objectively ask or objectively raise the questions that we don't have answers to. And I've seen articles like that. We think that this, and then four or five paragraphs, all predicated on that. We think that this might happen. Then the rest of it's presented as this actually happened. And oh boy, if this happened, oh, you better watch out because that's going to be a problem for all of us. Uh, it's going to, going to take away your rights. They're going to take away your guns, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. When it's all just meant to rile people up. How did you, how did you get into this? How did you get into this topic? Yeah, you're a newsman. You're, you write articles. You, you're, um, you know, editors of publications. Now you're doing other things. How did you get into this? Well, you know, as you know, first of all, I want to apologize to you and your guests, but there's something that uh, you and your audience, excuse me, but uh, something that most people don't aren't aware of is I had a horrible stuttering problem when I was a uh, child and worked very hard to overcome it. So if every now and then I stumble over words, that's a relic of my past. But, I haven't seen one of them. The only uh, thing I think you're 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 in thought and. I appreciate your thinking before you uh, just rattle off answers to us, but no, no speech impediment at all. So right. congratulations on whatever you did to get past that. Right. Thank you. But, um, you know, I started, I've been in journalism for a long time, directed as a reporter, as an editor. Uh, I actually, uh, I ran the Society of Professional Journalists. I was president uh, for a year. Uh, that's the nation's most prestigious journalism organization. Uh, and over time, I just uh, went into opinion writing. Uh, so now I have a, a weekly opinion column uh, for, for a major metropolitan newspaper here in the country. I don't want to name them only because my opinions here are my own, and I don't want people to think that I'm speaking for that organization that I uh, write for. But if you go online, you can see a bunch of my stuff. So would you would you tell uh, people how to search search you? I mean, I'm I'm glad to give give your your opinion piece uh, a plug here, but if you however you would prefer to do it, oh, just search my name. Uh, all kinds of stuff will come. Okay. Uh, I, I can after this. Oh, you probably already have a link uh, to this to that particular opinion piece on the forward party that I wrote. But that's the other thing. If you search my name and forward party then that's the most recent piece that I did on uh, the importance of a strong third party. I interviewed former governor of New Jersey, Christine Whitman, for that particular piece. So yeah, my name and forward party will do it. Uh, I became more and more interested in uh, opinion writing uh, because I think we need different voices. And I try to be a moderate, down the middle, independent voice. And it's something that we lack, I think we severely lack in uh, not only our politics, but in all segments of society today. It's, right. either, it's either left or right, but there's nobody trying to take a, I shouldn't say nobody, there are a few people trying to take a reasonable down the middle approach to examining the issues that ail us. And if we don't do that, if we don't do that, that's, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble because it's just going to be two sides yelling and screaming at each other with nobody trying to come up with reasons. Well, 60% of, of America, you know, you may have 20% Republican, 20% Democrat. And when they have primaries, only 10% of people vote. So you right. basically have, if you have 20%, 10% of that, 2% on each side are selecting the candidates that the rest of the 
voters get to vote for in the general election. That's 60 percent that are really not represented. And I, I appreciate you you uh, confirming that. Yes. You know, it's one of the issues with our system. And it's that so few people elect our leaders across all sorts of uh, political mm -hmm. organizations, whether it be local, state, federal. So it's just way too few people who determine who's going to represent the rest of us. Well, I appreciate it. And moving forward, what would you like to see happen? In an ideal world, what would you see happen to uh, restore us back to uh, having actual democracy? Because I believe we're killing democracy because most people in a democracy, people's votes count. And a lot of voters are not having their votes actually count anymore. They vote, yeah, but they don't count. Yeah, that's that's very true. They vote, but they, but they don't count. And then the ones that don't vote hurt hurt the uh, system even more. You know, that's an extremely difficult question because there are so many different facets to what we need to do in America in order uh, to become not only stronger, but to get back to the point where we can discuss difficult issues and come up with reasonable solutions to. Uh, and there are a number of things. One, we do have to encourage people to get out and vote. We have to continue to encourage them to register. I don't care which party uh, they, uh, they're aligned with. We need to get more people out to vote. The second thing we need to do is we need to make an really an extra effort to get out of our silos and get out of our comfort zones and talk to people who don't think or and look like you. Mm -hmm to people whose ideas are completely different uh, and avoid the temptation just to start the conversation with you're stupid because you don't agree with me. We've got to talk to people who don't look or think like we do. Uh, and then we really also need to think deep and think hard about who we vote for. Take the R and the D out of it. I think that, you know, you hit on something earlier, which is, what if we just voted for the people instead of the party? So take the R&D away from it, take whatever letters for it, and just ask yourself, who's the best possible candidate to not only help me, but to help move our country forward? Because far too often we think about me, 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 but not the future of our country. And I got little kids, or I got grandkids. I want them to have a strong, vibrant, working America moving forward. And the only way we do that is if we all do our part by voting, thinking about who we vote, and not jumping to conclusions based on what we read. And getting engaged, you, you, you've hit on all the points, getting engaged, and not be so swayed by the media. That's right. You know, just see the media for what it is, entertainment now. The news is infotainment. It's just, you know, it's just not... It's just not the news anymore. Where is Walter Cronkite when we need him? Yeah, I would say a lot of the cable news is infotainment. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, I think the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post publications like that are good, strong news publications that deserve our respect and that we should pay attention to. A lot of the rest of them, that's correct. It's infotainment and it confuses people and it helps people believe what they want to believe because they're catering to their thought process. They're catering to their wants. 
right? We, I truly appreciate you being here. Our audience truly appreciates it. And the thinking that you've got, we need more people like you, but right now you've got to be the leader in print. So we'll be reading your, uh, your comments and we wish the free, the forward party the best. Uh, I hope they can keep it going because the news is going to try to put their thumb on them. You know, the media, they're going to try to get rid of them. If you just Google forward party, uh, you'll see the number of naysayers already. These folks haven't even gotten up and running it. They're about a month old. And nothing but headlines about how they're going to fail. Well, how about we give them a chance? Yeah. Give them a chance. Well, they, they said no to Musk, uh, Tesla. They said no to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. They said no to Benjamin Franklin and his light bulb. Everybody was laughing at and look where they are now. So I think we got a chance. I think we got a real chance. Uh, thinkers like like you and like I've come to be, it's just amazing. Uh, the synergy that I see is beginning to happen because everybody, you ask anybody, you say politics is broken. Well, it's not really broken. It's working just fine. Democracy is what's getting killed. Politics is working the way it was designed to keep the powers, the parties in power. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm George Flynn. This has been with Ray Marcano. And Ray, man, uh, please just keep on. Don't don't quit. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we ended we ended the recording, but I, I really want to tell you how much I, I've 